0: You are listening to Navigating Life, the podcast where we talk about life with your host, Cliff Aguirre. On this episode of Navigating Life, I have a special guest, Doug McLaren from McLaren Transformative Acupuncture. Doug will be talking about acupuncture, how it works, the history of acupuncture, and much more. So here's my interview with Doug. So welcome, Doug. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. What is acupuncture? All righty. Well,
1: basically, well, it's a lot of things, but basically it is two words, acu and puncture. And acu is actually a Latin word for, for needle. I used to think it was it was the word accurate in short, but actually it means needle. A C U S, acus, and puncture. We all know, and that's to you know, like puncture a tire. Acupuncture means to put a needle into something. In this in this case, a person's skin. So that's about acupuncture, and, the, and what we use it for is helping people to feel relief from pain or feel a little more fluidity in their in their digestion or whatever whatever they might need it in certainly helps with our mental state, our emotional state. A lot of people come in for, for anxiety and, and depression. Um, so a lot of different uses for acupuncture, but essentially it's, it is what everybody thinks it is, which
0: is needles. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Does it hurt?
1: Good question. Good follow-up. Um, that's a question I get a lot from prospective clients, and the answer to that is no 90% of the time. Or more than that, actually. I can have somebody come in for for 10 treatments, and they won't even feel a needle until the 10th treatment. So people who do feel the needle go through the skin. What's happening there, it's just a needle touching a a peripheral nerve, and those are the nerves that end up at your skin. If you touch your skin with your finger, that's why you know that your skin is being touched because of all those peripheral nerves there. They're little ones. And the needle, when it goes through the skin, may or may not, usually will not. Nick one of those nerves and then you'll feel it. It's not like stepping on a tack or a a knitting needle or something like that. It's very thin, as we we say it's hair thin. Just a little thicker than or a little thicker than a hair on your head. I can actually bend one of my acupuncture needles, the thinner ones. I can bend it around right into a loop, into a circle. That's how thin it is. Very flexible. So most people they come in, they're a little needle phobic understandably, uh, because we're so used to getting shots and, and uh, having blood drawn. And that pretty much always hurts unless you have a great phlebotomist. And they'll come in and they'll they'll do that. And within one, two needles, what I usually hear is, wow, because they haven't felt anything or they just felt me tapping on their skin. So in a nutshell, I, I can't say that it, it doesn't hurt because every once in a while, you're going to feel it. But the vast majority of the time, you'll either feel nothing or a quick, quick little sting, but nothing like getting a shot.
0: So most people don't have to worry about it.
1: I would say nobody has to worry about it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but But you know, we're all welcome to worry about it, like anything. But once you experience it, um, most—if you talk to most people who've had acupuncture with most practitioners—they'll tell you, "Don't worry about the needles. It's no big deal. It's actually." vehicle for being completely relaxed, which is one of the great uh, benefits of having an acupuncture treatment. Most people are either falling asleep or feeling super relaxed, as long as they can leave their phone on, on, the, uh, on the chair.
0: Well, I will say that I have had treatments by you, and I've had treatments by other people who do acupuncture, and um, I have rarely ever felt any pain whatsoever. And uh, so relaxing that uh, I drift off and I'm gone for whatever it is, a half an hour or whatever. I don't know. You lose time, but it's so relaxing. I used it for my uh, back problems and it did a wonderful job. Everything just works so great. I tell everybody about it.
1: Great yep it's uh, the word is out there for sure. Um, we could we could get it out there a little bit uh, more effectively, probably, but it, it's getting out there, and so many you know so many doctors are are in on acupuncture at this point because the research is quite solid. Um, so we're grateful for that that you know people are opening their eyes to that. There's a lot of collaboration between acupuncture schools. For example, the one I went to, uh, New England School of Acupuncture, which was in Watertown and Newton, has collaborative courses on pain management with uh, Tufts Medical. Yeah, and we also have um, we do internships at Boston Medical, at I think Beth Israel. I was at Winchester Hospital in Wilmington. A bunch of other, uh, bunch of other hospitals. The Shattuck. I was at my little Shattuck over in um, oh goodness. was that in uh, JP. I think to make it plain. So um, certainly acupuncture is. Uh, Making its way, and uh, insurance is covering it quite a bit these days.
0: Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, if only uh, hypnosis would come into the mainstream. It should. <laughs> it should. Acupuncture uh, used to not be, but it is now. So
1: that's right. That's right. We all—all all these modalities, you know. They, there's a battle to to be won, a battle to fight, and probably the the first one who really had to go through that was chiropractic. Oh yeah. They fought. To, they fought. They fought hard, and they won. It took them many, many years against the uh, mostly the American Medical Association, and finally chiropractic. Now, uh, most of us can see the status that chiropractors have. They're they're called doctors now, and they have, for the most part, full coverage for a lot, most plans. Uh, acupuncture is is in hot pursuit um depending where you are the um coverage is is different for example i worked in maine for a year and the coverage was fantastic in maine for example all the all teachers were covered up there and i think for unlimited treatments it seemed like in massachusetts it's kind of hit or miss it's not quite at the level of say the west coast california oregon washington maybe colorado as well we're getting there um and there's certainly a lot of a lot of politics involved but it it's getting there right. so as far as As far as insurance goes, I guess the follow-up question I'll answer is, do I have people whose insurance companies pay? And the answer to that is absolutely. However, I don't work directly with insurance companies, and I think I'd be speaking for most acupuncturists. Most of us were a a, a one-person show, um, maybe with a staff member. And... What happens with insurance there, because we can't handle that load, as you know, most medical offices, you need, a, you need at least a couple, few people just to deal with insurance companies. So my clients who do have insurance coverage, they get reimbursed by their insurance company if they have acupuncture coverage on their plan. And what I do is provide, and I, I imagine most other acupuncturists do this, you provide an itemized invoice with all the, the proper codes that are necessary to get reimbursed and client submits it. So so that hasn't been a problem with with most people who have the coverage.
0: Oh, that's good. So how does acupuncture actually work?
1: Yes, (laughs) that is a question that um, I receive from most patients around their second or third or fourth treatment. Um, people don't usually ask me that right away because really it doesn't matter to most people how it works they just want it to work Um, you know relieve the pain please Uh, make my headache go away whatever it might be I need to calm down if it's anxiety so that question always comes up um, eventually how does this work just curious and there are many answers to that that have been developed over the years and and you know in the old language from Chinese where it comes from they spoke in terms of chi um, and and meridians and channels and so forth, and that's fine, and that's that's that paradigm. But um, when you're speaking to people who are you know from this country or in the Western medical paradigm, which I was once, you have to use different language. And so, basically, the the two main ways that it works is acupuncture is anti-inflammatory, and that's. Most of us know what anti-inflammatory means these days because we know that a lot of our issues are from inflammation, You know, eating too much sugar, whatever, you know, arthritis, whatever it might be. It just ha- so happens that acupuncture is pretty much its main what's that term, modus operandi, I think, is, is that it, it's anti-inflammatory. Now, how is it anti-inflammatory? There are a couple of um, theories on that. Uh, they've had trouble pinpointing it exactly. Essentially, when you put the needle in, just like if you touch the skin with anything and you put a needle in there, a message is sent to your brain and the brain responds over the years, for many, many years, which is possibly a later question here with is over 3000 years old. People figured out over the years and years of refinement of the art that certain issues could be resolved by placing the needles in certain places or certain in certain combinations. Why? Well, they weren't too sure, um, but it was working. It works by, we know now, by uh, sending messages to the brain, which responds by sending out another message, you know, bring the inflammation down, uh, white blood cells perhaps to the area, whatever the body needs. We can bring swelling down. We can cause fluid to move for people with swollen ankles uh, with acupuncture if you place the needles in the right spot. Another way and this is a more recent theory, is the quantum theory. And this is something that I, I studied a while back, and it really resonated with me, no pun intended. Quantum's about, a lot of, A lot of it's about resonation. So you're getting into cellular vibration and resonation. It's almost um, vibrational, musical even. So certain places in the body resonate or vibrate, and therefore resonate with other places in the body. So, um... For example, your elbow on your right side um, can resonate. Those cells can resonate, or usually do, at the same frequency as cells in your left knee on the other side. So it was discovered many years ago that you could treat, say, left knee ailments with right elbow needling, which is fantastic. And one person um, called that the uh, balance method. Sometimes that's how we kind of decide how to treat somebody. Um, and I, that to me makes a lot of sense. It doesn't. We can't all wrap our our brain around that. Uh, quantum physics is some pretty pretty deep stuff, but um, you know, it's it's certainly worth a look. It is interesting. There are other ways that acupuncture is said to work. But the one more I'd like to just mention. Hope, hope I'm not taking too much time. But the one more is is more of the ancient uh, view, or and also the Japanese uh, very much uh, look at things this way as well. And um, this is the uh, meridian theory. And the meridians are said to be uh, energy pathways that run through your body. And the main ones run from basically uh, head to toe or or hand to to toe, um, toe or the opposite direction. And so along those meridians, you have a number of points depending on which channel it is. And so like the lung channel has 11 points. Now, that one just runs basically from your lungs, essentially, down to your um, your thumb. So there are some shorter than others. You've got another one, your bladder channel, which runs from your your, your little toe, your pinky toe, all the way up up around your head and, and down to your eyebrow and into your, your eye, really. So there are these channels, and if you treat on certain points on that channel, you can affect change along that channel or... Um, in the organ that that channel is named after. So to treat the lungs themselves, you might treat somewhere along the lung channel. You know, maybe even at the very tip of your thumb um, for serious issues. So that's another theory as to how acupuncture works, and it seems to seems to make sense when you when you do it. If you for those out there who work with energy and, and you know reiki or, or um, um, I think shiatsu and and other energy workers um, certainly. You've got, you we have experience actually feeling that flow of energy in the body um, and you can feel it. Just the other day I had somebody here on the table um, with an issue and in the shoulder area and I had my, my hands on the shoulder and on the uh, at the end of the thumb actually and on that point and it actually was um, my, my right hand, which was on the shoulder, immediately warmed up. Uh, and then my head started to buzz and my nose was tingling <laughs> and it actually became too strong for me. So I had to back off and, and use the tuning forks instead, um, which was interesting. That was the first for me. It was very powerful. So there's certainly some flow between between these points, no doubt about it, as far as I'm concerned.
0: So maybe one question yeah. that people might ask, is acupuncture safe?
1: Oh, yeah. It's... Um, my, the, I guess the one-word answer for that is very. So, and I've had some people ask me that. Usually people ask me, does it hurt? to gave the answer to that, but is it safe? Yeah, it's acupuncture compared to um, most other medicines is extremely safe. And that that is, uh, uh, what's the word, illustrated, I guess, by our, our malpractice insurance costs, which are super low, Um uh, relative to uh you know MDs and chiropractors we we have to pay very little in the malpractice insurance fees um and I don't mean by that I don't mean malpractice cases which there are very few in acupuncture um but what we pay uh, as the malpractice protection so what that basically says is uh what that basically shows is that it's rare for somebody, it's very rare for somebody to sustain an injury due to acupuncture. I know an acupuncturist who injured herself <laughs> um, one time, but uh, like with any any medicine, there's going to be an occasional injury. Um, I've never seen it in my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, most, not most, all acupuncturists were trained to be super careful. We're working with needles. Everybody has different um, different bodies. And uh, the skin on one person might be a little thinner than the skin on another person. Uh, it might be one person has a lot less muscle than another person, and you have to take all of that into account before you insert a needle anywhere in the body. Generally, the needles are just going to go in about, oh boy, anywhere from a millimeter to in the in more muscular areas, um, an inch maybe, uh, but usually not that much, usually. Uh, quarter to a half inch anywhere in the body probably the worst thing you see with acupuncture is bruising um, as you might expect Mm -hmm. sometimes somebody will have a bruise the next day and they didn't even feel the needle when it went in so it's going to happen sometimes when you touch a little little tiny blood vessel right so yeah it's, it's it's super safe i can say this too and i tell clients this sometimes too if acupuncture hurt um consistently and if it wasn't very safe. There's no way I, I could have chosen this field um, because I, I, it would have caused me way too much stress um, to think that I every time I put a needle in I was on the verge of potentially uh, injuring somebody I, that's not a practice I could have taken on. you know it would uh, have caused me to be very anxious right. and that't wouldn't, that wouldn't go over well with your patients who you're trying to uh, uh, help them with their anxiety.
0: So what made you decide to go into acupuncture or to learn acupuncture?
1: Well, I was in Japan. Uh, I lived in Japan for about six years. I was an English teacher and an English, small English school owner. And I was also, but even before I went, and I went over there in my 20s, before I went, I was very much uh, interested in nutrition and holistic nutrition, things like that. So hydration and, and caffeine defects on the body because I had a, Early on, I I had uh, low back issues from the age of like 22, and and I found caffeine to be a major contributor to that, so to this day, I stay away from it. I lived over there for quite a while. I received acupuncture for some back issues just back while I was there. I was young and much healthier. Let's see. I I was teaching English. A lot of people came in to me to see me in English and uh, for English classes, and we talked about health a lot. It came up a lot, exercise and Nutrition and so forth. A lot of it was because they knew I was interested in it, so it just came up. So when I got tired of teaching English back around 2002 or so, um, I decided to come back here and get into uh, medicine, and it was either going to be chiropractic or acupuncture. I was a big fan of chiro too because that has helped me as well. And so I, I actually, um, for Practical reasons, at least I thought so at the time. I went to Cairo School first, and I ended up transferring to acupuncture school because I, I it just resonated more deeply with me. When I was in a school that had acupuncture and chiropractic, and I was maybe hanging out or, or uh, communing with the uh, acupuncture students more than the chiropractic students, and I was just interested in it. So I decided to apply and go to acupuncture school, and I ended up coming back to Boston. I grew up down here in, on the South Shore, in Marshfield. And uh, that was what got me into it, a, a deep interest in holistic healing, um, kind of non-invasive, even though it's using needles. It's the closest thing to non-invasive as you can get, um, in my opinion. And uh, just a kind of feeling inside that I wanted to, oh, well, we all, a lot of us get this in our 20s, and hopefully it sustains us for a while, but feeling like you want to make some kind of difference. And I thought that with what I was interested in and what I felt strongly about, it, that 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 was a good avenue for me.
0: So, what would a patient expect on their first treatment?
1: First treatment. So, basically, I combine uh, the first treatment with your with your health history intake and all of that and um, assessment. The vast majority of people who um, are coming in to see me or, or go to the acupuncture have already decided that they want to do it, so there's no need to have a separate consult they've been referred or a friend has told them they have to try it or a family member or they're just interested so we'll do the intake and that's usually about 30 to 40 minutes sometimes longer depending on the complexity of the case and what I do is sit down with people and go through the whole thing with them as thorough as I can we don't always cover everything the first time but certainly all the essentials and a lot of times there are uh, people have a primary complaint but they they're going to have secondary and and tertiary and and so forth uh, more complaints on top of that and and a lot of times those will be connected there'll be some kind of a relationship between them so I'd like to know uh, everything I can know you know everything the person can tell me they might think that a you know a stomach issue is is something they've been putting up with for years you know acid reflux or something oh it's just who I am it's part of me my mother had it or something like that. Meanwhile, they've come in for um, uh, lower back pain or sinus issues as their main complaint. Turns out there's a connection between them. Um, not always, but there might be a connection and therefore we can we can treat them all. And that's great. So once we get done with the, the intake, get into the treatment room, which is, you know, should be, and they're not always, but I, I, I try to make, not all offices are the same, but I, I tried to make mine kind of a, a sanctuary. And so... The treatment rooms are comfortable and very grounding. We'll talk a little bit more and then the person comes up on the table and check their pulse for certain patterns, you know, according to Chinese medicine or Japanese medicine. And I'll check the tongue to see if there are some um, other patterns that you can, the tongue the tongue is kind of a window to the inside of the body. So that can be very helpful and sometimes not so much, but you know, we always check it and you take a look at. You know how is the person looking? Is their what's their skin look like? Um, Are they pale? Are they are they red? You know the high blood pressure look. Is it just a sunburn? You know who knows. After that, um, I decide what I'm going to do with the points and choose some points. Um, We swipe alcohol on the points and then insert the needle. Some people I do a demo for if they're nervous about the needles or they're just curious. So I'll. (laughs) Poke myself <laughs> um, in the hand or, or the arm, and then we we get to business. And um, generally, I'll have about uh, uh, five to to ten needles initially in the front of the body. Um, and then the person will, the um, client will relax for a good fifteen minutes. I'm always within earshot if anybody needs me. Literally, right behind the wall, and I'll come back in and we'll reassess and either add or subtract needles, maybe do a little um, vibrational therapy with the uh, tuning for. And then if the person needs a back treatment as well, then we'll uh, we'll get to that in the last um, 15, 20 minutes of the first session. Um, it's very relaxing. There's a heat lamp involved, usually at least on the feet. It's very comfortable and grounding. Um, the table has a heater heating pad in it as well so a lot of people like to be warm so that's about how it goes and afterwards we talk about the what a treatment plan might be and that could be you know four to six treatments as a fair trial it could be eight to ten treatments for more chronic issues it depends on
0: the on the person and how long does a treatment last Mm,
1: first time you're going to be planning on about an hour and a half sometimes it's shorter occasionally longer Um, the second time and beyond, you're, you're here for 45 minutes to an hour. Occasionally, people stay longer uh, if there's nobody scheduled after them. I, I always offer it, take the needles out, and you can you can just relax. Because it's a very relaxing experience. A lot of people fall asleep, and they'd like to stay that way for a little longer.
0: So I can't leave here without asking you for a brief overview of the history of acupuncture.
1: <laughs> okay. Um and I'm not an acupuncture historian, but I remember a little bit from school, anyway. But I, what I do know is that acupuncture has been around for literally thousands of years. We usually, you know, usually we go to the number three thousand, but I, I suspect it's been around quite a bit longer than that, in different forms. It was discovered, we're pretty sure, in China, and moved all about um, up through Korea, Japan, you know, over to Vietnam, you know, East Asia, essentially. Um, I suspect India as well, though it's not, I don't think it's widely practiced in India. It's more uh, Ayurvedic medicine. And eventually over to the United States. That's in the big scheme of things, not that long ago. So it's been around for a long time. And and acupuncture, how it was discovered, um, you know, I think we can probably work backwards and figure that one out or or go right to the, the beginning. People probably figured out early on. I mean, we've had, we had a lot of time, a lot of downtime and uh, a lot of time with our with each other and way back in the day. And people probably figured out which points on the body, which spots on the body made you feel better or made certain conditions uh, go away or, or relax a bit just by touching. You know, we still have acupressure today. And so that would have naturally evolved. Um, at some point, I imagine somebody would have thought, well, what if we put something on that point and leave it there, leave the pressure there for quite a while? Well, how about if we put something in there? What if we bloodlet? And bloodletting was around for a long time um, and dangerous. (laughs) But, you know, that was refined to, okay, let's bloodlet, but just three, four, five, ten, ten drops of blood, not, you know, gushing like we may have seen in some of our old you know, tv shows that depicted the 1700s in this country and so from there you it would have just been refined further and further over the years you know you're using maybe bamboo in the early days or, or stone and that uh, eventually they're using types of metal gold silver whatnot and then over the years machinery is produced that can you know make these needles super thin and that gets better and better and better, more refined. And here we are today with these super thin needles that, like I said, you can twist into a loop pretty easily with two fingers. Um, And we have some science that can figure out how this energy moves in our body. There are ways to map it. That's that's a history in a nutshell, I'd say.
0: So when did acupuncture first arrive in the United States?
1: Oh boy, I would say it probably arrived when, when Chinese immigrants first started arriving.
0: Probably in the 1800s or something.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. And, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, obviously it would have been a fringe practice for many years. And, and even into the 50s, 60s, it was not legal. It wasn't um, regulated. So it had to mm. be regulated to be legalized. So I think that in the 70s, it was legalized. I know Richard Nixon made a trip to uh, China in the early 70s where he, that acupuncture um, gained some fame over here. Mm-hmm. And what he saw. Um, I have a, I have a life old Life magazine here that mentions that trip and shows acupuncture in it. The school I went to, the New England School of Acupuncture, was actually the first school in the in the country, and that was in Watertown, and that was founded in the in the late seventies. Now there are many many schools.
0: So if uh, the listeners here were trying to find an acupuncturist in their area. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend they do?
1: Oh boy. Well, certainly you can go online. There, there are different ways. I mean, word of mouth is great. Um, ask your friends, ask your family. Um, that's a great way. You know, you can trust somebody right away. If somebody, you know, trust them um, or at least you have a good idea that you can online. A lot of people find me and find a lot of acupuncturists. You go on, um, acupuncture or acupuncturist, you're Googling this or whatever search engine you like, whatever town you put in a, uh, um, you know, several acupuncturists will pop up. There'll be maybe one or two in that town, but a few in neighboring towns. That's a good way to do it. Another way, not, it's not the, I wouldn't say it's the best way, but some people find out about me through their primary care physician or maybe an orthopedist or somebody orthopedic who happens to be knowledgeable about acupuncture. I wouldn't say that's the majority of MDs, but many, it's more and more these days. So you can ask around that way as well, but you know sometimes just going online and looking at people's websites and trying to get a feel if you, do you resonate with what that re- acupuncturist message is, what their mission is, testimonials and so forth. That's how I would do it. You know when I've looked for practitioners of say chiropractic or Reiki and so forth, I, I, I've looked online or I've or I've asked around friends and family.
0: Is there anything in particular they should ask the Acupuncturists to make sure that they're certified and everything
1: well you could every once in a while, I have somebody ask me if I'm licensed, and the you can't really practice if you're not licensed, <laughs> so it would be illegal, and you know you could be arrested for that so i um I've never heard of an acupuncturist at least in these parts who was non licensed so but i it probably happens here yeah. and there and when it does it probably makes the news (laughs) because you know things like that make the news i would say um generally that's not something to be concerned about but you're going to see that on their website there we always have our credentials next to our name it will say lac or l-i-c-a-c licensed acupuncturist it'll it could say in other states, like when I was in, I lived in Kentucky, and I was known as a CAC, which is a certified acupuncturist. So the uh, acupuncture lobby hasn't hadn't uh, accomplished quite as much down there. Uh, another thing you might see if you're in Rhode Island or a smattering of states is a DAC or DAOM, Doctor of Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine. It depends on what state you're in. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you'll be called a, a doctor in California or Florida, acupuncture physician. Massachusetts, you might have the same or similar credentials, but or or background, but we are just allowed the um, licensed acupuncturist designation.
0: So, where can the listeners find you and book a session?
1: Well, you can find me in Duxbury, <laughs> um, and you can find me online at uh, McLaren. It's M-A-C-L-A-R-E-N-A-C-P, acupuncture. Dot com. You can Google. Um, acupuncture in Duxbury. You can Google Douglas McLaren. Remember, it's M-A-C, not M-C. I have the Scottish version, but I'm a bit Irish too. Easy ways to find me.
0: And do you have a phone number?
1: I do. It's um, 781-934-2231.
0: Okay. Well, it's great having you on the show. It's great and to be here. Great to learn about acupuncture.
1: Well, it's great to talk about it, Tell the story. Um, Good to get the good to get the
0: word out there. Definitely. Okay, well thanks for being here.
1: All right, Cliff. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You have a good
0: one. That was my guest, Doug McLaren, talking about acupuncture. Follow the Navigating Life podcast to hear future shows. And remember that you can buy my books and music at Amazon or at CliffBooksMusic.com. And also check out my other podcast, Journey Back a podcast about past lives, ghosts, and much more. So thank you for listening.